Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Shalom, phone and record. This is Minister Cedric Ben Israel, tribe of Judah. And welcome to Thursday Night Fellowship Live. It feels so weird being on. Uh, you know, when you miss a couple of days, it just kind of feels weird. But um, um, I'm glad to be on because <laughs> I haven't been on in quite some time. Uh, who's all joining us for fellowship tonight? Good night. This is Brother Gavin from the tribe of Benjamin. <laughs> Shalom, brother. How are you, man? I've been hanging in there, brother. What's up? How are you doing out there with the new degree? You know, let me tell you something. Like now, I have to now I have to go and swim in the shark. You know, um, I had to see what it actually. You know, I get to see what you know people have to do when you know they have a degree. They got to make that resume. Now they got to sell themselves. Yeah. So, um, you know, now I have to do that. Um, in the meantime, while I was doing that, you know, still working, um, and still you know getting the stuff that I have to do in the nation, uh, getting that together and still keeping that together. So it's like I'm still juggling uh, a lot of things around. And I guess that's, you know, I guess that's normal for me now because I've been doing it now for the last couple of years. And um, it's just like a normal thing to do. Whereas in once upon a time when I wasn't in the nation, that wasn't something that I, you know, that's not something that I, you know, did. I wasn't. Um, you know, good with, I guess you say, multitasking. So this, you know, last couple of years when I have, you know, now that I have to do it, just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm just doing it, you know. (laughs) So it's the only way it's going to get done. Um, Right, right, right. It's a new element. So, um, right, right. And, uh, you know, life is just what it is. Um, But other than that, is there anyone else that is uh, joining us this evening? Hey, what's going on, Archangel and Aki Roxanne? I uh, hope you guys are well. Um, anyone else? Okay. Um, well, let me just start off by saying that, you know, we are in the month of January. Um, you know, unfortunately, I couldn't, you know, open up the uh, fellowship or whatever because of my schedule. Last the last several weeks have been like mad crazy, so <laughs> I'm just kind of um kind of coming back off of that. And um, what I was gonna say is um I know that we entered we're in a time period where now we're you know, so many things are happening. I think one of the, you know, many tremendous things that are happening at this, you know, point in time in history is that um, we have a um, president-elect 
who is now getting ready to uh, enter into the White House. Uh, Barack Obama gave uh, he gave his farewell speech the other day, and um, it was pretty. I didn't watch the speech. Let me just say it that way, so I don't make a, you know make out like you know I'm gonna get on here and just make out like I watched the speech. I didn't. Um, I did, you know, catch bits and pieces of certain things that were being said, but um, we watched, you know, the world or the world as in the United States, you know, we watched someone, uh, we watched the exchange of, or the, the, how should I say it this way? We watched the replacement of an, uh, an executive. The administration is now going through a change of executives. Now, if anybody kind of following where I'm saying is, or if anybody's familiar with, you know, executives and administrators, um, uh, especially in the course of uh, bankrupt entities, you guys will understand what I mean that we just got through <laughs> exchanging executives. Uh, one is leaving and the other one is being prepared to be put in place. And what that means for the American people <laughs> is now there's going to be a, you know, the agenda may be just a little bit different, but the agenda is always going to be the agenda for whatever that is. Um, I wonder if anybody has anything in particular that, you know, they want to say about that before, you know, I open up the floor for any, you know, other topic. Um, anybody has any, you know, opinions, ideas, or, you know, how you guys feel about that? Anybody's feelings regarding what's going on as of now? Shalom. Could you, could you repeat the actual question? I was a little uh, distracted in the store. I was saying, uh, well, let me just start by saying that, you know, we have, you know, the American trust, let me say this, or the United States trust, to be a little bit more exact, has now undergone a replacement of an executive. And if we all understand the little bit that we do understand about bankrupt entities, we should understand how, you know, how this works. Uh, or we, we should be aware, more aware than we were about what is going on when we look at these exchange of executors uh, or executives. So I kind of just want to, you know, figure out, like, what, how do people feel about what they're seeing and, um, you know, just kind of give us some insight to what you think would end up happening uh, with this particular administration. And um, I yield. Well, Shalom, this is Brother Gavin, Father Benjamin, for the record on our phone. I, I see a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh -oh. I want to put the words in, in the perspective. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. I'm doing a multitasking right now. So I want to say that um, the administrative changeover executively is going to cause a lot of <clears throat> a lot of economic changes, 
social changes, and of course, on a political level, there's going to be new, um, I think, new amendments being put in, bills being processed. You know, when it, I'm sorry, not amendments, but bills actually being processed towards pushing new programs and to add to, to to add and take away from programs that are already established. One of them, for instance, I think, and I've been hearing chatter about it, uh, is the Section H. Uh, Section 8, I'm sorry. Section, Section 8 is, as everyone knows, is, is a certain amount of funds through federal um, government funds that they put aside to supplement people's income. I mean, uh, their rent, you know, and where they live, their expense. And um, I heard they're going to, from someone inside that works for the administration, you know, in that, that division of government, in Section 8, that they're, they're, they're planning to cut back uh, millions of dollars once, you know, Mr. Um, the new executive takes over the, the administration. So, you know, that's going to cause a lot of people that are going to have to come up with their own uh, fundings or come up with second jobs and maybe, you know, uh, have to leave their homes. So maybe have to, you know, reduce their, their rent, uh, their, their, their rentable properties to a, a smaller rentable property, or may have to just force them to have, you know, pick up a second job or force people to go back to school or being reeducated in order to provide for them to have a, a higher income bracket to, to order to, to live in these properties that are under Section 8. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I see that's going to change. And this this whole building a wall and, you know, keeping our immigrative, illegal immigration, I think is going to push certain, you know, bills in Congress to, to create laws to, to distribute um, redistribute the wealth in the United States to trickle down to people who are coming here as new taxpayers where, you know, they just want to organize everyone in the, in the, in the United States to keep a, a, a track of everyone so they can become new taxpayers. And I think that's going to be pushed hardcore. And I'm Maybe not really a physical wall being built, but they're just going to tighten up on, you know, screening people more and more. And then I don't know if they're going to actually literally knock on doors and bring in ice, you know, to people's houses to, to, to you know, make sure that they, they're registered properly or to deport people one by one. I don't know if it's going to be done that way, but there's going to be some sort of, in my mind, legal screening where they're going to get more people to become uh, legal residents, push them towards being citizens, you know, on the record. So that, that's two of the biggest things that I see, that, and I yield with just talking about those two. Someone else could probably put in their two cents and add on to what I'm saying, but that, that's the biggest two things I see that's on the agenda right now.
And with that, are you? Hmm. You know, um, I, I number one, I do remember hearing about that. I saw a video. Um, I won't. I'll take it for just that. Um, a video, um, uh, because one thing I realize is that when we're looking at stuff, is you know, some things cannot be taken as source material. Um, however, aside from, besides that, I do uh, agree that, yeah, they're going to go hardcore for that. Uh, another thing that I've seen being put in the action or being put in the works or at least being talked about is this dismantling of the Obamacare. Uh, that's another thing that they're going after. Uh, but let's, you know, you spoke on well, – be, well, before I say anything, Ock Andrew, uh, is there anything – uh, in regards to, you know, the ushering in of this new administration that you see uh, that not necessarily brings a concern but kind of just sparks your interest or, you know, thought in any way, um, what are your thoughts about what you're seeing? I don't, I don't have much to say apart from I know that, that it's just an office that, Obama was holding, and he had a specific agenda to carry on out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he had to carry out that agenda or not. However, now Trump is coming into effect, and it seems like every time I see Trump, Trump is, like, every time I see the news, Trump is like, he's like an island. He's like, he's like a man that's just, on an island, he just does as he feels, does as he wants. Um, but still, he is bound to whatever conditions that he has to accomplish as officer that he is for the office that he has. Um, so even though it might seem like he's doing whatever he wants to do, he still um, has his agenda to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's funny because I, 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 I've heard like a thing uh, I've heard him say that carbon tax he's not carbon tax um, um, global warming is a hoax and like this was probably like two weeks ago or something like that so, um, he was saying all these countries are putting in funds towards global warming and he doesn't see the point in putting in funds, saving up funds and, and, and directing those funds towards uh, uh, preventing the effects of global warming. Global warming. So um, in a sense, what I, what I see is like as, as long as to continue to have the citizen get what they want in order for them to complete the necessities of what his agenda is seeking to accomplish, then he's going to do that. And I yield. Yes, sir. Uh, before I do go on, it is uh, 15 minutes after 7. I just want to make sure that if there's anyone else that has entered, uh, just announce yourself now. 
Okay. Um, both of you guys have brought up some pretty interesting things. Um, I had, uh, well, starting with uh, Ark Gavin, and he was saying about the Section 8. Um, I thought that was something of um, interesting, uh, interesting conversation, um, because I had a conversation with uh, one of the brethren uh, about this one time before, and one of the things that came up um, in regards to the Section 8 situation was the whole real estate uh, situation. And, you know, when you look at what Section 8 actually is, it is supposed to be a stepping stone. It's supposed to be a supplemental income when it comes to uh, housing. Um, And uh, I think it served its purpose. Um, They're cutting funds for it now. They didn't say they was going to get rid of it altogether. They just are cutting funds. But eventually getting rid of it all together could be it could be probable. Uh, or it could be possible, let me just say it that way. And especially when we look at um all the other things that, you know, have started to be cut in terms of funds. Uh food stamps was one of those things that they were uh you know, they cut several different times. Um the one thing I um, had, you know, said in regards to this situation, it, well, one thing that was said in the conversation, let me say it that way, one thing that was said in the conversation is that it would, how would that impact the people who are actually sec, uh, um, accepting Section 8 vouchers? Because um, you have a lot of real estate homeowners or real estate uh, and uh, venture capitalists, or you want to, whatever you want to call them, who have now start to get accustomed to accepting Section Eight vouchers, um, and that is a source of income for them. So when you are cutting the funds and eventually cutting the cutting it off, you know that's a source of income for for uh, uh, real estate investors. You know that's going to it may be a problem. Because now you are not bringing in and racking up that income that you once were with the Section 8, whereas in, you know, uh, once upon a time, or let I'll just say it this way, once upon a time, Section 8 was like, you know, or it is still the same. And now that they're cutting it down, they're downsizing. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was a video with the young lady, she was talking about how you know, they, they are changing the conditions of the Section 8 uh, uh, qualifications. Like, it's, like your children have to be sleeping with you in a certain room or one particular child has to be sleeping in this type of room in order for you to get the voucher. So they're, like, downsizing the household. And, you know, the young lady was saying that, you know, the Section 8 and what it and for what it was was never meant to keep you in that environment. It was supposed to help you. But if you don't take the opportunity and seize the moment, then you're going to just be stuck there. So I think a lot of people, you know, are going to be uh, hurt from both sides, both the people who are on the Section 8 and the people who are accepting the Section 8. 
that is a possibility, you know. Um, but that that's further down the line. It's too early to tell. Um, and as far as Trump, him getting in there and doing whatever it is, you know, that he wants to do or whatever we, you know, you know, see, if that's how we perceive it to be. Um, I think the best part about, understand, you know, being your tribes is like now we kind of we're forced to actually kind of see what's going on, and we have to see it from the objective law. Uh, and one thing I'm starting to realize is that, you know, everything isn't always what it seems. But, you know, for now, I guess, you know, like I said, it is too early to tell. Of course, he is racking up his, you know, his uh, party. You know, he's surrounding himself with all of these different, you know, people. And um, Shalom, I'm sorry, my phone has dropped. Oh, no problem, brother. You know, they have, you know, Trump has surrounded himself with all of these people who, you know, is going to be his his machine. Let me just say it that way. They're going to, you know, function as his political machine. Um, one thing I'm starting to see now, you know, a lot of, you know, brothers and sisters on social media, you know, they're voice, voicing their opinion on social media now. Some are kind of, you know, bittersweet about it. Some people are happy about him being in. A lot of the so-called black people are not happy with him being in. He's going to take our rights away. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Well, if you believe that he's going to do all of this, then what are you afraid of? Because you obviously have nothing. You obviously have nothing that you can say that you can use to defend defend yourself against his undertaking. If everything, if he's already taken everything that you claim to have, then what are you complaining about? You might as well lay down and die. You know, because no self-respecting person who has, uh, who has quote unquote rights to do whatever they want to do, would believe that just this one man would have the power to just come in and just take everything that they claim to already have. And then I'm, and then I'm, I keep thinking to myself, you know. See, this is the type of mentality I was around when I was in, you know, class last semester. Teacher were provoking that fear inside these students to go out there and vote and telling them, hey, go out there and vote because once you get in office, you're going to take your rights away. But half of the people in the you know, class don't even know what their rights are. So it's like, what? You know, uh it's rather sad because, you know, like now outside the classroom, I'm seeing it work. It's seeing it even more. Um, a lot of people are, you know, saying that, you know, Obama didn't do too much for the blacks. He didn't, you know, or what he did wasn't enough. And then everybody's afraid of Obama, uh, uh, Trump because they're thinking he's going to do too much and not for us specifically. And the the much that he will do will be to our detriment. And it's like, well, if you don't understand politics, of course it's going to look like that. You know, um, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, dismiss the uh, ill undertakings of the United States uh, political system. But what I will say is, at the end of the day, once we start to look at Politics itself. What is government? What? How does it function? What are we dealing with at this particular time? 
then you know things are just kind of like oh okay you know you know like I know how to I know how to deal with that you know I had a close uh, uh I had an associate who you know tried to invoke fear in me by telling me that the people who live on the island that she lives on you know they control you know a vast amount of uh economy of the city that I live in, and they're going to make changes in the city. I, and I'm sitting there like, okay, so be it. Do Let them do what they want to do. That doesn't have any, you know, uh, necessarily any, you know, hindrance on me because I'm going to do what I need to do. <laughs> you know, I, I think, like, one thing I realized about this wall, because a couple of years ago I couldn't say that. I've been like, oh, Lord, I got to go do this. I got to do that. And then I'm just like, no, I got to break myself out of that thinking. Like, I have to learn how to. Even if you don't know how to, you have to learn how to break yourself out of this this, this fear, you know, of they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Let them do what the hell they're going to do. Let them. Because it is not long for their shortcomings. That's how I look at it, because we already know what's up. It may not be in this life. It may be in the next. Hell, it may be now, but we know what's up. So my whole thing is, you know, when I look at, you know, what's been said about what may happen in the White House with Trump being there, I'm just like, well, you don't, he's not even the president yet. He's still being called the president-elect. So we don't want to, you know, you know, say and speak on things that hasn't come to pass as of yet. But at the end of the day, I started seeing it, and I just kind of like, you know, what what the, what do the family have to say about it? But the, you know, like I said earlier, you know, when we look at you know what we're dealing with in terms of an administration and an executor being put in, a new executor put in, what does that do? For you know the brothers and sisters, you know the brothers and sisters and the strangers who live within this, you know, this administration live under this administration. Um, it's like the more and more I started studying this stuff, I was just kind of like, wow, like we are so as a as a nation living under this government. It's just it's just sad and funny how how much we you know we miss because you know a lot of us live in fear like they literally fear the government and I'm learning how to unfear them because they don't scare me <laughs> um um. You know, they have as much power as you give them. That's how I look at it. But long story short, you know, that's what I kind of just wanted to throw out there. Uh, I, I am going to open up the floor now for any, you know, uh, topics or comments that anybody, you know, you know, has been wanting to get off, you know, the chest or uh, wanted to bring forth tonight. So the floor is open. Just state your name going on the record. Shalom Nation, brother, brother Gavin again, Papa yes. Benjamin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted uh, to respond to what you were saying, with, or just probably add to what you're saying. But you know, um, yeah, you know, this this fear mongering of what the um, the leaders of the nation are, you know, um, prophetic, you know, saying into you know on uh, their pulpit. To me, has a lot to do with uh, the condition that we're in already to be con- um, programmed already to think, to react to every action, you know, and every every idea is being put across to us on the television or on any radio, you know. Show that how how robotic we think, how enslaved our mind is, uh, uh, visually how we, you know, see through a tunnel. That we we don't look at any alternatives for us to, you know, get out of this this, this mindset of can't can't able to produce for ourselves individually as a family unit or as a as a nation within a nation of you know um, that we live in and amongst the borderlines of the so called United States of America. Um and, and you know, north of us, Canada. You know, those who believe that the system that's already set up we can't get around or utilize the laws that are even established for the benefits, you know, for the benefits of our own, you know, as a as a group of people, you know, uh, genealogically as a nation. Um, I think those those who are you know who categorize as Black, African, Negro. Or, uh, people of color in the United States or in Canada or even the southern, central and southern countries of the Americas. Um, are conditioned to the point where we don't see beyond the color-coded laws that has been created. And um, you know, because using the Constitution itself, people are not, it's like they wait for someone else to show them that they have a right of pointing it out in the Constitution to, you know, do certain things for ourselves, you know, or take, take advantage of the, of the programs in our systems that are set up for ourselves to be used. Uh, it's uh, it's just baffling, you know, how people don't want to use it and move forward. Instead of, like you said, being, you know, running around in fear that they think they think because a certain president or a certain individual that takes over a position as a president of the whole country is going to scare them into wanting to leave the country or, you know, Leave, you know, uh, feel like their their rights are going to be taken away. 
it doesn't make I don't see how you can think your rights are going to be taken away when you have constitutional rights for that not to happen. I was just baffling. You, you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny, brother? And not to cut you off, but I think no, what I, happens, okay. you, you know what happens though. I think when you okay, here here's what I realize has happened over time because I think this you know this happened this happened in with religion. There seems to be an isolation of of reality, like for instance. People, when you look at religion today, first thing when you think of religion, first thing to come to mind, especially in this country, is uh, Jesus Christ. And when you talk to black people, you ask about Jesus Christ, they give you this roundabout emotional observance of Jesus. And then when you ask them about the book in conjunction with Jesus, then they'll give you some another roundabout, you know, manifesto <laughs> of what Jesus is. And you're kind of like, well, in your mind, especially if you've read the book, the first thing you're thinking is, well, they obviously haven't read the book because they don't know anything about what this man has done. And they don't know why he does, and that's more. That's even more important. Why did he do what he do? What what he did? You understand what I'm saying? It's what he did and why he did what he did. People are not looking at that. You relate that same type of mentality to the United States Constitution. You go to school and you hear about the United States Constitution over and over and over. A lot of people, it doesn't register with a lot of people because, again, they, you know, with with so-called African Americans being treated the way that they have been treated here in the United States for so long, and I did say the United States and not America. I, I could say America, but then when you look at the the bulk of what has transpired under the United States, it's just almost just as worse as what happened years ago, uh, centuries ago, centuries before the United States really got off the ground. We got the whips and the chains and stuff across our backs and on our ankles and our wrists. But when you look at what they psychologically and spiritually done on paper and then manifested that into a uh, uh, actual uh, curse, or a punishment or or, or uh, oath against us, it, it hurts just as much as it does, you know, with the physical whip on your back, you know, because at least you can feel the pain. But some people have pain that they can't even they can't even feel because they don't even know it's there, you know. The they are marked and they don't even see it, so they think all of this stuff is isolated. When it comes to the Constitution, a lot of them only know probably about three or four rights in there. That's the power, that's the right to talk and say what they want to say. That's it. <laughs> Black folks don't know anything else outside the Constitution or anything else in that Constitution. And that is sad. And that is what is hindering them. 
And it's not even so much as what's necessarily in the Constitution. They don't know anything about government itself. They only know about government for what they've been able to see. They see a white man in every facet of government, so they think that is how government should be ran because every white person. And so then that's where they get comfortable with, put, you know, electing all of these, you know, white people uh, and putting them in positions of power. And then when these white people really stick it to their behinds, then it's like, oh, well, I'm mad, rah, rah, rah. But you put them there because you were too complacent to, you know, do anything yourself. And and the thing about it, and the thing over time that I realized about government is that, especially this government, is that they kind of push you, you know, towards governing yourself. They give you the outlet to do it. They want to make sure that you do do it right. Otherwise, you'll be misleading a whole bunch of people, you know, who can't, you know, who who already couldn't do it themselves, but now they're being led to, you know, another demise because they follow somebody who really didn't have their best interest. You can see a lot of that in the conscious community. That's no pun and no shots at them, but I, I watched that crumble. That's garbage now. And a lot of people, you know, would agree with that. But in terms of... Uh, black people and them actually understanding that, you know, they do have rights. And I'll put it to you this way. The way this government is set up now, the people do have more rights than the government itself. They just don't know or have not come into the understanding of it. I, myself included, will fall right in with those people. So I'm just like, no, I'm learning, you know, how to take back the power that I have against this government because they know it and we know it. That's why they call it a republic in uh, a republic uh or a, a repu- what they call, what do they call it? A republican um uh democracy or something like that. I I've heard people call it a republican demo- a democracy. Or a representative democracy. That's what it's called. Sorry. A representative democracy. Now, of course democracy isn't as functional as it should be because the way that it, you know, the nature of it, it is really not as functional as it should be. Um, And I think they try to mimic what they saw in the Old Testament with the commonwealth, but it still doesn't hold up its end of the bargain. It's it's really a smokescreen, if you ask me, uh, for a lot of other different things. But aside from that, our people, you know, tend to treat government and themselves in government is isolated. And and to be truthfully honest with you, black people or so-called black people have created the isolation. Uh, they have more to blame for themselves when it comes to the isolation because instead of them actually taking the time to really understand government, they don't have to participate in it. They don't have to participate in uh, the the state government and, you know, the municipal, you know, meetings and all of that, but know enough about it in order to say, well, you know, I know what I need to do to defend myself, you know, and I think that, you know, what preachers, you know, been teaching us the last couple of years, especially when it comes to private and public, you know, business, you know, is the more you know about yourself, 
especially to keep yourself private, the more the more good you would do yourself. Um, and you'd be well off, honestly, only because you would be able to dictate what is good for you instead of having a whole group of people dictate what is good for you. Um, I think, you know, um, this isolation factor has caused our people to believe certain things that are not necessarily true. Um, and one of the things is they, uh, well, I'll say it in this way, because I know that, you know, we do, it's the way that I'm about to say what I'm about to say is twofold. They feel, okay, our people feel like we have a, a obligation to the national debt in the form of taxes. It's like they don't, but they do. They do if they are and do continue to, you know, represent that straw man that is obligated to pay those taxes, but they know or they don't know that anything that they do in terms of taxation or anything that is done in terms of paying off the debt, that must be discharged by the government. Why? Because the government are their executors. They're representing the most, the the biggest bankrupt entity in the world. And any time, and this this isn't anything new. I think we all agree now. This goes back, you know, far beyond England. Anytime you have an administration over a deceased trust, that administration and those appointed executors. They have to take over that trust, and they have to pay all of the debt. Black people are sitting here thinking that, you know, they're running themselves crazy thinking that, oh, well, we got to do this, we got to do this to survive, we got to do this to survive. It's like, no, what you need to do is you need to be informed about your survival so that you can be survived. You need to inform yourself about government so that you can survive because you're trying to survive in this reality that you created for yourself that's not necessarily true. Part of that has to do with them informing themselves, and part of that has to do, and I would say to some degree, has a lot to do with how the government has represented themselves in terms of government. So it's a two. That's a twofold situation. I, for one, um, look at the situation with this government myself in it, and looking at what priest has given us and saying, you know what, now is the time that we use what we know, and we're going to have to if we want to survive. Because as long as we continue to operate underneath, you know, their straw man, their intellectual property, there is necessarily, there is a mercy there. But a lot of that mercy brings, it has a lot of pain. I was watching the pit and the piddlum the other day, and I was just watching what they were doing with these people where they were torturing these people during the Inquisition. And, you know, they were in the business of torturing people. And they believed that that was the mercy of the church because the people eventually didn't, they didn't die automatically. But they eventually did die from the pain that they were suffering from it. 
But, again, the church felt like the torture was the mercy because they could have just outright killed them for being a heretic. Eventually, when they, you know, the, the quote-unquote heretic confessed to being a heretic, they would kill them. But all I'm saying is, you know, this government has a, you know, strict type of mercy, very small type of mercy, but that mercy comes with a lot of pain that, you know, eventually we can't continue to keep enduring, especially if you want to preserve our soul. So we have to move. We got to press forward, and we got to start implementing this stuff. Um, and, it's, you know, and it's not now implementing the stuff, at least know enough and be comfortable with the information that you're getting so that when you do implement it, it can start to grow in you, and then you're like, hey, I know who you are. You're not the big boogeyman anymore. That's just my, you know, those are just my thoughts about it, brother, and whoever else is online, but um, I'll yield the floor, you know, to whoever wants to speak, and I yield. Right. I didn't mean to preach to the choir. I'm sorry, but I had to say uh, but Amanda, you think it's it's needed, you know, because you're just talking, you're just talking facts, and 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 I realize uh, um, one I was having this conversation earlier on. The biggest weapon that um, the government can use is fear. You know, even the scripture clearly states that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, so when the people don't know, and they are conversing with somebody that uses what they know. What they know is filled based based off of knowledge, and they use that knowledge, and in turn are able to define the words of the definition. They're able to define those words that are in the people's heads and put meaning and purpose to those who are using the words and don't even comprehend what words they are even using. It's a very, very uh, detrimental thing. And uh, that's what the government essentially does. Um, One thing I I, I was aware of, even in history, uh, the actions have not changed. These, these these Romans, what they have done, they have essentially used political matters to bring forth what it is of their what what their agenda is. Yeah, you know that they have done it by physical means, but they have solidified it by um, with law. They have, they have sealed it with law. So that's really where the power is and the people give up their authority. They give up their duty because they 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 don't seek to gain knowledge, true knowledge, knowledge that is actually helpful and beneficial towards their everyday life existence. Um, and, and, and knowledge that is able to be passed on to the generations in which generation can live 
not just exist, not just be here, not just continuing on doing what they're doing, living, knowing what it is, knowing what is their purpose. You know, um, those things, if, if a child can comprehend what its purpose from day one, if, we, if a child cannot even comprehend, if they just hear what's their purpose from day one, then they can grow with having that, what they heard, and they can now see what they heard, and as they get older, it becomes more tangible. They can see it, and then they can grow to gain courage and then live it. And in this day and time, we, we don't have that kind of courage. And one of the main reasons why we don't have that courage is because we can't see many, we can't see our purpose. Many of us is lost spiritually. Many of us is lost mentally. And because we're lost spiritually, that is one of the main reasons why, we, why it's so difficult for us to really see what our purpose is. And many of us, we, we we're trying to gain get closer to ourselves. Trying to we want to we, we, we're we're fighting to live, but at the end of the day, when we're 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 we keep we keep filling ourselves with things that take us away from our connection with the spirit. And at the end of the day, we have to comprehend that the Messiah has put all these things upon the face of the earth for us to be grafted back onto him. So as much as we don't like what we see, we can't keep putting our hands over our eyes and, and, and just hoping, praying, oh, it's going to go away without me doing no action. And the only action I got to do is just move my hands from my eyes. That's not how it works. You know, um, I heard it saying the more side helps those who help themselves. Real, you know, um, you know. Essentially, we have to be willing to fight the good fight. Um, we know there's a war going on, but we have to be willing to prepare ourselves every day for the battles that that we don't see is going to be um, occurring within our within our within our path that we walk. So. Uh, even Paul in the book of Romans makes mention that the law is spiritual. And I know a lot of people, uh, they may mention for the government is set up by the most high, the government of mankind is set up by the most high. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt, that is true. But that government is set up by the most high for righteousness sake. So when things in the government is being proclaimed and op- and they're operating in ways that is not for righteousness sake, then it is up to the people to then use the law and bring forth righteousness sake because there has not ever been any individual in times, well, According to my knowledge, there hasn't been any individual that has used 
the law for righteousness' sake, and the Most High wasn't with them in their journeys or in their path. Whatever it is that they have done, if success wasn't brought by their actions, it left it and shed some light for the generation to come after to carry on the torch and walk the good walk. And with that, are you? Sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I, I, I'm sitting here and and I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, you know, 2016, and not necessarily where you know our people have been, because I mean we've pretty much been in the same mind state for, for quite some time, and um, you know, it's 2017 now, and. I don't necessarily expect to see as much uh, different, um, uh, anything different happening. Um, however, I do, um, I you know, it's, it is my hope that there is some type of um, understanding of where we're at. Uh, in in this particular time, I, last night I stayed up late last night. I was uh, I was watching a couple of movies or whatever, uh, and then I started you know reading the the Black Small Dictionary. I I do that like most of the time, <laughs> and I was looking up the word. I was looking in the in the D uh, column, uh, and I wasn't really looking for anything particular. I'm just looking. Um, through the 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 letter D, you know, just to see what words are in. And I do this frequently. I, not frequently. I do this a lot, many times, on many occasions. And I just so happen to come across the word dispensation. And I, you know, heard the word. We're living in the age of dispensation. We're living in the age of dispensation. And I keep, you know, you know thinking about when I hear about black people, so-called black people talk about how we're living in the age of grace because the laws are done away with. <laughs> so so when I read the definition last night, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Those things go like hand in hand because we're right. You know, we're living in the age of dispensation. And most so-called black people are right. We are living in the age of quote-unquote grace. But I think what, where the so-called black, black Christians or quote-unquote black apologetists, Christian apologetists, seem to, quote-unquote, again, be isolated from the reality of things is the understanding of what grace actually is. And I've mentioned several, I, I mentioned one time before maybe, you know, what grace, you know, actually is. 
And it is not the same thing that most black people think that they live under. And as a matter of fact, I think when you ask black people what does it mean to live under God's grace, they can't even give you a real uh, a real answer to that. They can give you a roundabout answer to that because in their minds, grace is whatever they want to make it, just like grace is, just like gender is to them. They don't understand gender. You know, but when I look at the word, you know, dispensation, it, it pretty much operates just like uh, – uh, a license, and we all know what a license is at this particular point in time and our development is, is basically the indulgence or the permission to do something that you could not do before outside of the original law. So we're living in the age of dispensation. People think when you say the age of dispensation, we're thinking about you know, uh, some type of, you know, dissemination of information. They're thinking that we're, we're, you know, we're getting all this information. And it's like, well, that may be true. You know, a lot of people call this the age of the Aquarius. But we are living in a time where we are living outside of the natural law by the, the, uh, direct uh, commandment of the quote-unquote Roman Catholic Church. And, you know, now that we understand the history behind the Roman Catholic Church and, you know, the slave trade and everything else that happened, you know, along with it, we can understand why they were able to, you know, create this age of dispensation or this age where we are not living under the law or this grace period. <laughs> and uh, all this is funny now, man. I'm thinking about it and I'm just kind of like, you know, it's really starting to make sense now, like what all of this means. You know, so, uh, you know, my understanding of it all kind of has helped me in my personal life because, you know, uh, I'm able to see whatever it is, you know, that I take on. I'm able to see it more clearly now, but, you know, that that may not be the case for, you know, many others. But, you know, that'll happen in due time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I'm just looking at it now like, you know, I know a lot of us have, you know, experienced that moment where priests would show us something and you just kind of like maybe you just kind of didn't take notice of it at first because it was relatively new information. So we don't look at it like right then and there with open eyes because, you know, for me it was I I still haven't even processed most of the information you give me, so you give me this, and it's just kind of like, what, what what can I do with it? But it's like now, <laughs> you know, I went back over some information that I had gotten back in like second, second, the beginning of the third degree, and it's like, why can I see that before? How did I not see that before? Because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so it's like your body and your mind will let you, and your spirit will let you know when you're ready for certain things. You know, so that's why, you know, I kind of tell my students, you know, when you come to class, like, save some of that energy. You know, (laughs) be motivated, but don't be overzealous. Because your time Mm -hmm. will come for you to be able to exercise whatever it is that you need to do. You have the time to do it. Don't think that you don't. You do. But make use of your time. You know, what I'm basically establishing in that sentence is you got to learn how to balance. You have to learn how to balance that out. That's what I had to learn how to do. Um, And when I learned how to do it, you know, over time, it helped me. So. Um, I don't want to make it seem like I got it all figured out. I don't, but for what it, you know, I've been able to, you know, make happen the little bit that happened in my life happen. It worked for me. Um, I just, I, I just hope I can't wait to, you know, that day that it gets across to all, not even just the people in the nation, but just all our brothers and sisters, man, because. It is it's wonderful to be enlightened. I, I can just say that. It's wonderful. It's a it's a beautiful feeling to to enjoy knowledge. Let me just say that. Um it is a wonderful feeling, but uh I got a question for somebody, if anybody can answer. Um is anybody familiar with um Uh, so is anybody familiar with uh, what they call uh, uh, conf- confirmation hearings? No, I've never heard of such a term. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Gavin, are you familiar with confirmation hearings? Oh, right. For that, stop. Yes, Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, is that Akti, uh, uh, Akti Anisha? Shalom, Nation. Hey, Shalom. how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, are I'm you? all right. I'm all right. I'm just tired, but I'm good. I'm good. It's good I can't complain. Y'all too. Yes, ma'am. I need to tap back in. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on mute because I know you just asked a really um, important question about the confirmation hearings. I don't want to interrupt. Well, I mean, well, since you're talking, sister, do you are you familiar with confirmation hearings? As as far as like, uh, no, I, I want to say I have an idea, but I'm not too sure. And I oh, okay, well, I think I better. I'll just say it in this way because I don't want anybody. I don't want to um, uh, enchant anybody. So the other day they had a confirmation hearing uh, for Congress. Um, uh, there were a lot of different things that were swirling around the topics. Um, they went a lot. They went over a lot of different things. But I think a lot of it was dealing with. Uh, uh, dealing with the attorney general, the oh, okay. yeah, in the, in the Obama situation, there were a lot of different things that were 
being uh, brought into, you know, play in that discussion. Um, I, again, I didn't have enough time to actually watch the whole thing because I only right. found out about it like 30 minutes before I got to class. Um, I was on Facebook, and someone had made mention that was on, you know, uh, uh, an associate that's on Facebook mentioned that, has anybody been watching the confirmation hearing? And another guy said, well, that's just the thing. You know, a lot of our people don't watch it, and it hurts us that we don't watch these things. And so right. I was just like, well, I had never heard of a confirmation hearing, so let me check it out. So I Googled, well, I YouTubed it. Let me just say it that way. I YouTubed it, and then I saw, you know, well, Congress and whoever else is there, they were holding um, – Basically, it was a discussion. It was almost kind of like what oh, they did. Excuse me, y'all. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I was talking in front of someone when I was walking. I wasn't uh, talking to you guys. I should be on mute right now. But I know what you're talking about. I'm going on mute right now. Oh, it's no problem, sister. I just wanted to, I, I, I pretty much just wanted to, you know, make sure that we were all on the same page of what a confirmation hearing was. Because there were some things maybe I missed that somebody did watch and were able to see um, about it. Because I know that obviously they, you know, talked about a lot of different things. Like I said, I only caught 30 minutes of it, um, actually 15 minutes of the 30 minutes, because I planned on watching 30 minutes of it. It's like an hour and something odd minutes long. So, um, it, you know, if anybody knows anything about it or doesn't know anything about it, um, just kind of watch it and see, you know, what the discussion topics were because I think a lot of this is dealing with who's actually uh, pretty much they. It's almost kind of like the new people are coming in and kind of discussing who and what they are and what they plan to bring to the table. I know a lot of it, you know, from what I've been able to see so far was the discussion about the attorney general's charge, who he is, what he planned on doing, and so on and so forth. So I just kind of wanted to know if anybody was familiar with that type of setting. Um, um, but I guess, you know, in, you know, in any event, we'll just, whenever anybody gets a chance to watch it, we'll talk about that another time. But I just assumed that everybody... Have you guys, have you guys been paying attention to the cabinet um, nominations that uh, Trump has been making? Well, yeah. I, well <laughs> from from what I've been able to see in the beginning of you know the uh, the president elect you know uh, constituencies, you know he had a lot of different names sold out there. I've, I've I've even seen something about Vince McMahon's wife. I don't know how true that is. But Who's wife? Say that again. Vince McMahon. Is anybody remember uh, familiar with like WWE? Vince McMahon's wife. She was wow. This speculated. Yeah. It was speculated. I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw where she was speculated to be a part of his political the machine. Family. Whoa! I know that Giuliani Giuliani is supposed to be heading up. Yeah, um, I heard about that. The, the <laughs> cyber, basically cyber security, and then you have wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, God. cyber security. Yes, cyber? internet. Oh like man, internet you gotta be terrorism kidding me. And, Yeah, I, I. 
And then you have Ben Carson that's cutting up the, you know, HUD, Housing and Urban Development. Which, well, how? Um, isn't that convenient, yeah. though? <laughs> yeah. Did you have to see these, like, the CNN, like, they were just, they had an all-in-all-out laugh fest on one of um, Trump's um, surrogates on, I think it was Don Lemon's show, and oh. I forget the three gentlemen that they had speaking with this uh this this lady, Kayla something, who was a Trump surrogate. And, you know, um, Don Lemon was like, you know, Ben Carson's um, advisor said, you know, this would be a really, really difficult and interesting position for him to fill since he's never headed, headed up any government organization before. You know, and he wouldn't want to accept a position where, you know, he would be ill-equipped and possibly hurt um, the, the the nation in the capacity he's chosen to serve in. Mm-hmm. And so Don Lemon says to the girl, Kayla, do you think that Ben Carson is the right choice for, you know, HUD, for the Housing and Urban Development um and she's like, I think Ben Carson is more than, you know, a good candidate or a good nomination to head up that um, governmental department because he grew up poor in the inner city and he had to fight his way through poverty to get to where he's at and he's an accredited and um, a well-known neurosurgeon. He's the first surgeon to ever um, separate, conjoin twins, and, you know, so I know that with his leadership skills, they're going to be transferable, and he'll be a perfect nomination to fit at, and head, you know, the housing and urban development. And then so they all start laughing, and then one of the guys signs in, and he said, you know, Kelly, you let off with basically, you know, saying how Ben Carson was such a fantastic neurosurgeon. You know, and he was like, just because he's a fantastic neurosurgeon doesn't mean automatically that he's going to be a fantastic head of, you know, how uh, you know of HUD. You know, he said, um, he, the guy said, you know, Riza is the head of um, Wu Tang Clan. That doesn't mean that he would be the perfect person to be the national security advisor. Right. You know, and then the other another guy chimed in and was like, you know. Um, that's like saying, okay, you know, the the pilot's out on the airplane. He's sick. He's not in. And we have customers that flown about 500 times. Now we're just going to ask them to come from their passenger seat and sit in the cockpit and fly the airplane for us right now. And uh, the other guy came back in and was just like, you know, by that logic, the logic that you're using, you know, half of black America should be qualified then to head up, you know, the housing of, you know, urban development then, you know, wow. just because you're poor and you came, you know, from a disadvantaged community, you were able to, uh, you know, work your way out of that disadvantaged type position. Like, I'm just, like, it's, it's, it's so surreal. It's almost like an intentional farce 
Like they're purposely making mockery of American democracy. And then to sit and watch Obama, like I I got, I, I have newfound respect for President Obama after I watched his final speech and listened to things, you know, jewels, basically that he was dropping that will basically go over the majority of Americans' heads. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I'm listening to, um, you know, John Stewart and um, uh, what's the other guy? You know, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, not Bill O'Reilly. The guy that Hannity. was messing with no, the guy that was messing with the chick, the superhead chick um, that wrote that tell-all book about all the different rappers in the industry that she slept with. The white guy, the Jewish guy that has that talk show. Um, oh, you weren't talking about um, uh, he has a radio show? I'm seeing his face, and I cannot, his name is not coming to the forefront because I'm just so tired right now. But I was watching his show, and he had Angela Ray on there among, uh, uh, Angela Rye on there amongst some other um, political um, commentators. And I wonder if you're talking you know, about Vlad. Say it again. Is it Vlad? No. What is his name? I see his face. Let me see if I could. But in any event, he was like the American people are stupid. And, like, you you hate to, like, sit there and actually have to come to terms with that. But you know what? They are. They really, truly are. To sit back and elect a man who said some of the stupidest stuff via presidential debates. I'm just, I'm I'm flabbergasted. And just to see his cabinet nominations, I'm like, this is a businessman? Where's his business savvy? You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even look at a neurosurgeon's resume to head up filling apartments, you know, to view potential tenants in your building. You wouldn't put a neurosurgeon in charge of doing that because he has no skills, experience, or expertise in actually discerning what would be a good tenant or not. So why would you take a – I just – this is a businessman? This is the commander-in-chief? And to just look at – Obama, you know, just with the last speech that he gave compared to what is about to actually take office, it's just disheartening, and it's, it shows us exactly how tacky this country has really become. And what's even more sickening is that, you know, all of these different executive orders and um, these bills that Obama has signed and put into effect. You know, they tried to blame him for the aftermath of Bush leaving office, not realizing that all of those bills and all of those acts and all of those executive orders that Bush had signed when he was in office wouldn't actually take effect until Obama took his seat. 
a couple of months until when Obama took his seat. So then Obama takes his seat, and all the mayhem that Bush caused comes into effect, and everybody's blaming Obama for it. Right. He served his four, first four years. We didn't see much progress. He got reelected. We started to see progress based on the bills that he started to put in action the first time, his first four years. Okay? We started to see some traction, things getting better, people starting to find jobs, um, the deficit getting slashed, um, you know, everybody, more, more Americans being insured, having health insurance, even though the premiums were a bit crazy, they're, they're starting to kind of normalize out. Now, at the tail end of his four, this second term, four years, there are more bills and acts and executive orders that we're not hearing about that probably, and I need to do some more research to find out exactly what other type of, um, you know, things that he actually tried to put, in, in, he not tried, but actually did put in motion um, that are actually beneficial to this nation. I need to do some research and dig those up and see see all of it, see everything. And, and so I can really, we all can be real transparent on what type of president he actually was. But what I'm realizing is now that he's going out of office, all of the good things that he's done, we're not going to be really see it until Trump takes his seat. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, hell, Trump, Trump saved America. When, no, he didn't. The same way you were blaming Obama for the crap that Bush did, you got to realize that it's the things that Obama did that's actually saving the infrastructure. And when mm-hmm. you look at the, the you look at the cabinet members, this knucklehead is putting in place talking about grabbing chicks by the coochie and all the rest of this crap, walking in on little girls, changing like this guy is sick. And we we actually made him commander in chief. I'm like you know. I wasn't surprised, but as this farce continues to grow and the dust continues to be kicked up, it's not even settling yet. I don't even know. I'm just like, I'm just disgusted because this is weird. This is our moral compass. This is like where we're at right now, and it's really sickening. And like Obama was dropping the jewels. He's, you know, he's talking about the 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 top the one percent the top one percent of the world they were able to get a really great head start on wealth versus income whereas the lower income to middle class are still struggling to get up like he was dropping so many jewels and I just know if it wasn't for me being inside the nation I wouldn't even heard it from the perspective that I was hearing it from so I know the the majority of the American public is asleep is asleep and then he's just like he's breaking it down he's he basically he basically calmed the American public that is afraid to death of this man about to take the seat and the division that is happening within this country. He basically calmed the entire nation down for this knucklehead. And, you know, it's just it, it's, it's disheartening. Um, 
But it's our time now. It's our you, time. We got to get it together. And I yield. You, you know what's so interesting? I was another thing that I was thinking about because, um, and this stemmed from a couple of weeks ago when Art Lynn had posted um on WhatsApp about how uh Israel, you know, the United the uh UN basically is telling. Um, Israel that they basically had to unsettle in the West Bank and all this other different stuff. I mean, that wasn't yes. too verbatim, but Trump now has mm-hmm. made it his business to basically say that no matter what, he is going to him, and I remember, if I can remember, take who? Like, they're all on the bandwagon to basically say, oh, well, we're going to get this done, who? The United Nations and, uh, you know, Netanyahu was talking about how he was going to be defunding some of the nations, some of the nations that were a part of the United Nations. And um, it's just really, really interesting as to, you know, how he, you know, is going about this whole thing about how, and I I made sure I posted this in uh, WhatsApp over the last couple of weeks, you know, about how Israel is basically talking about they're going to go against you know, the uh, U.N. resolution ain't going to continue to do what they want to do. They're going to try. Yeah, they can try. Well, you know, here's that's just the thing, because a lot of people have been saying that, you know, the state of Israel has been, you know, breaking international treaties for a really, really long time. And, you know, the first thing that, you know, people will use in their defense is, oh, well, they're God's people. Uh, Mm. And and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, when what if you guys found out that God's people were really us and we did the exact same thing? The first thing you guys would be willing to do is lynch us because in your mind, the Jews are really white, quote, unquote, and they really are white. Let me just say it that way. The Jews are really white. The Jewish people are really white. Why am I saying it that way? And hear what I'm saying because I'm using I hear you. Terms. I hear you loud Okay, and clear. the Jews really are white. And I couldn't understand that when I first got in the nation. And, you know, free family didn't know they really are the Jews. They really are the Jews. They try to, you know, say that they aren't, but they really are the Jews. Let them be the Jews because that's exactly what they want to be, the Jews. That is totally different from Israelites. That's not the same thing as you. It's not the same thing as uh, being an Israelite. So now yeah. I understand that. Let them be exactly what they want to be. They want to be Jews. Let them be Jews. However, aside from the fact, you got these people, and you have people, okay, there was a discussion between this, this uh, lady, I will not say, her name, because I really honestly don't know her name is written in Hebrew, so I don't know it. And she was having a conversation with this Palestinian guy who was trying to inform her of the actual uh, political structure of both Palestine and Israel, or should we say the state of Israel. And I'm going to say that from now on. I've been saying it, but I'm going to say it. The state of Israel. So people can understand that there's, that there's a total difference between biblical Israel and the state of Israel. It's a straw man. It doesn't exist. Aside from that, the state of Israel. And she was basically saying that the state of Israel, because she found out that she was a Sephardic Jew, 
So she felt like when she went back to is the state of Israel, she felt like she was home. And she loves it there. She she thinks there's no place no on earth better than it. And she was trying to tell the Palestinian guy that you Palestinians are wrong about the state of Israel. They have the right, you know, they they have the right to, you know, live in Palestine because God gave them that book. But see, you are only looking from the outside in. And you think because you're a Sephardic Jew, you think that you are right. And the Palestinian guy was trying to tell her, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Those people are not who they say they are. And just because they got some book telling them that that's who they are does not mean that that's exactly what it is. And he told her, just because you see what you see does not mean that it is exactly the way we, you know, that it is going on. Now, listen to what I'm going to say and tell me where y'all heard this argument from. You know, he was telling her about the the way that, they are the Palestinians are treated under Israeli government and talking about the disadvantages they have while living under the Israeli government as well as their own land. And he was telling her, you know, basically the way that Palestinians have been treated in general by the Israeli uh, citizens, whether they be in the state of Israel or whether they be on Palestinian territory. And, you know, she tried to go tooth and nail with the guy. He was just, you know, trying to let her know, like, look, I understand what you're saying, but you won't ever experience what we experience because you don't know what's going on. And, you know, I've heard that same conversation come from the so-called African-American. When any other nation come over here and try to tell us how good we have it because we got Oprah and we have Kobe Bryant and we have Michael Jordan, we have Janet Jackson, and we have all these high-profile uh, high celebrities that have, quote-unquote, riches. That means that every black person is doing great because they have riches. And we keep telling them, you know, we'll tell these folks we're enslaved. To some degree, we are enslaved, and we have enslaved ourselves. Yes. Let me say it that way. We have enslaved ourselves. And and it started to make me think, you know, when you got somebody who's not from a certain place trying to tell you what's going on in the government that you've lived in predominantly most of your life, you know, and they're trying to tell you how it works and they can't see it because they're not in your shoes, then that really does kind of get on your nerves because you're thinking to myself, well, obviously, would you like to trade shoes with me for a day and then see how you would feel about the people that you're claiming have rights to the land because we all know that those people don't belong over there. Whatever, you know, reason that that straw man was created for the United States, will it'll all come out in the wash. But I do know and I have realized that that is a straw man for the United States. And whatever reason there is, they are over there. It's going to come out and open a wire. You know, they're going to slip up. They've been slipping up as lately. And it's going to come out as to the real reason why they're really over there trying to take that land. Uh, aside from that, you know, I've been seeing in the news lately, especially with regards to Trump and his, con- you know, the people who 
he's trying to gather up is his political machine. You know, one of the things that's been on the agenda for the Trump administration is making sure that is uh, that Jerusalem gets recognized as a territory of the of the state of Israel government. But then I'll keep thinking of myself, and this has been a known fact, and this goes all the way back to the case that happened back in 2013 or 2014 with that guy, uh, Shevatovsky or something like that, uh, uh, the guy who tried to get Jerusalem on his birth certificate, uh, on his passport because he was right. an American born in the state of Israel, but he wanted Jerusalem on his passport, and they were, you know, basically at odds about that. The United States, you know, it came out in the open that the United States didn't have the right to recognize, you know, that their jurisdiction didn't go that far. Let me just say it that way. Their jurisdiction did not go to go as far as to recognizing foreign entities in a foreign jurisdiction. They can't do it. Bush put that in motion. They don't have that right to do that. But then they got mad. But then they got mad, right? Then I seen where on Twitter the uh, Netanyahu and the rest of his, you know, him and his, his, his henchmen, they got mad at John Kerry and Obama saying that, and they were making up, I don't know if it's true or not, so I can't say if it's made up or they actually did it, but they were saying that John Kerry and <clears throat> John Kerry and Obama had everything to do with why the U.N. wrote the resolution to basically stop them from creating settlements in the West Bank. And so now they turned on Obama, and uh, they they put all their hope into Trump, and Trump has promised them a great deal of you know of I guess you would say obligation. You know, oh, we're going to yeah. stand by you know we're going to stand by the state of Israel because they're our friends. No, they're your Frankies. That's who they are. Look, let me just say this. When I realize, and I, and I said this earlier, and I'm going to say this again, when you realize the information that priests had given you, once you really look at it for what it is, when you start seeing stuff that you have to do play out, then it's going to hit you what the hell has been going on the whole time. Because when I see what's going on now, I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, oh, so that's what's been going on. That's what's been going on the whole time. This is why they're so buddy buddy with Israel. Now it's starting to make sense. You know, but, yeah, it is crazy, but it's reality. You know, um, the reality is is ugly. So you know, the truth of the matter is they've been doing things. You know, as long as the people haven't been paying attention to them. And a lot of it is willful ignorance. But, I mean, hey, you know, there's a starting point for everybody. So I'll just say it that way. But I don't know what great lengths that Trump is willing to go in order to make this whole Jerusalem thing happen, especially over the United Nations. Uh, but... I but you like, can't do that. You can't do that. You know, it's crazy because I'm just kind of, that's just the thing. I want to see what they are, what, what they're willing to do to prove that they are superior to the United Nations. Mind you now, and let's all keep in mind that the state of Israel was created by the same people who created 
the the United States government indirectly. When I say the same people, I mean the same uh, body. I don't mean the same exact people like Thomas Jefferson, Lincoln, and all those people. Because they weren't around when, you know, uh, um, uh, evidently they weren't around when the state of Israel was created and uh, Harry Truman, you know, wrote the the jour, you know, certification for the state of Israel, quote, unquote. Uh, they obviously went around during that time. But the, the body politic itself wrote and created the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, they were already over there. Yeah, they were already over there. They were, And let me say it this way. They were already setting things up over there. Over there, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? They had the people to get, they had the people together, but it was not finalized. It wasn't, when you guys start doing your trust and stuff, you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll understand. It'll start to click. They're buddy, buddy. They're the same people. It's the same people operating the United States as operating Israel. They just got different people over there, different faces over there representing the the, the quote-unquote principle, principle being the person who created the the straw man. I'm just going to leave it like that. Other mm. than that, they that's why they're so buddy-buddy. But all, overall, I'm just looking at I want to see what Trump is willing to do to prove to us that he's, you know, that the United States and Israel is bigger than, United uh, Nations. you know, the United Nations, something that, they formulated in order to, uh, I guess you can say, after their bankruptcy, because eventually that's when it came. That's when the United Nations was formed. They formed from the League of Nations, and then they just changed their name to the United Nations. So I want to see what, you know, they're going to do to breach something that they created. And what will be done about it? I mean, there's a lot that can be done about it, but where are the people who would bring the petition? See, that's the thing. I was talking to Kevin last night. hmm And we went deep on a couple of different subjects, but I was like, the American, the North American Negro... When you really think about it, mm-hmm. it's, I, I gave him this analogy. I said, the North American Negro is like a lion, a lion's den mm-hmm. that was overrun by leopards. Hmm. And the den was overrun by leopards for so long that the lions forgot they were lions. And they mm-hmm. decided now that they want to be leopards. But the leopards always knew that they were lions. Mm-hmm. And they know how dangerous the lion can be to their pack. So they're slowly killing them. Hmm. Meanwhile, the lion is whining 
and bickering, saying, why can't you just accept me and let me be a leopard? I'm a leopard just like you. We're all cats. We're all big cats here. So I don't understand why you just want to let me be a leopard and accept me as a leopard if I were to be a leopard. What can nature or natural world do for those lions if they refuse to separate and come within their den and be lions? They'd have to die off because they don't want to be what they were naturally designed to be. They have to die. They have to die. Herein lies the dilemma with the North American Negro. Negro, yeah. You're right. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. No, no, big, no, no, big cat in the big cat forum ever debates on I want to go live with leopards or I want to go live with jaguars or tigers or cheetahs. They all have their habitat. They all stay in their lane. They all mate with each other. Mm-hmm. They all know that they're big cats. And when they see each other at the end, it's a problem because you're in my you're in my lane. You know this is my lane. This is my lane that nature gave to me to steal it over. So why are we over here? How come it's so hard for people to get that? It's like so simple yet complex, but it's really simple. I think that's what I but you know what, I think that's where the problem is that it is so simple that it can be overlooked. Because, but but that but that but don't you realize that that is how it necessarily works in life, how Simplicity is always looking us dead in our face, but we 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 overlook it because we're too busy trying to, I guess you can say, not so much as find out whether it's if because it's so simple, is it good to be? Is it too good to be true? Because nothing that is good is always so simple, and I but I think that's just it. But some people feel like. Simplicity is never just good by itself. It can't just be good by itself. At least that's what they tell themselves. And because, you know, they have done that to themselves, that's why they will never be able to get the remedy that they need from something that's sitting right there. You can go to the, if you go to the law, it will tell you what you need to do. It took for me to go to the freaking UCC. <laughs> to realize that if I wanted to be, if I wanted to exercise my right as a creditor, I have the right to exercise my right as a creditor. I just need to know what I need to do as a creditor. What do creditors do? But you don't know unless you go and look at the law. They tell you what you need to do. They tell you they, they tell you what you need to do in case somebody commit a war crime or a biological warfare or uh, uh, some type of uh, injury against you. Like, they literally tell you this. You, uh, the, use, uh, the United States Code 
the UCC, they tell you in the C, you know, the CFR, which is the Council of Foreign Relations, they tell you what you need to do and all of that, how the courts and stuff is conducted, tell you what you need to do during bankruptcy. They tell you everything that you need to know in the law. But because it's so simple, it's just too damn good to be true. That's how we've been programmed. So we made life harder than it already is. That is why we cannot be the lions we need to be. Because being a lion is too simple <laughs> for us. Yet that's what you are. That's what we are. Look, the birds have the birds have figured it out. They're birds. They are not <laughs> dogs. They have wings and they fly and they're content with that. So they are birds. Bugs. They are bugs. They live how bugs live. They're content with that. Animals in general, whatever animal that is, they are accustomed to, you know, they, first of all, it ain't really in their nature to really go against what it is that they are because they don't have any reasoning skills. But little old human beings who got it all figured down out cannot rationalize that your body and who you are with the body that you've been given is who you are. If we were all, if we were all just, you know, quote unquote black people, then okay, then it'll just be that. But then, then you have blacks, or let me just say it this way: you have dark skinned people, or you have people with quote unquote melanin in their skin, or high levels of melanin in their skin, and then you have these so-called white people, which are not really white people. They have a certain amount of melanin in their skin. But then what makes us completely different is the nation and the houses and the tribes and the clans that we live under. We are genetically different. We are scientifically different, biologically different, and commercially different. When everybody has come to the conclusion that that is just the status quo, it will be so much simple for Negroes. And I'm going to tell you, and I say that because guess what? Everybody else has figured that out. They are content with being that. But now right. they they are they're content with being, you know, white or, you know, German and white. But people who are white don't understand what that means themselves. See, they don't understand. So if you say to white people you have white privilege, they understand white in terms of white privilege, but they don't know what it means to be white. They don't understand what it means to be white until you explain to them that they have white privilege. So they don't realize what white is. So that's why I said that white people are not white. They aren't white. When you, when you, if you want to talk about taking them outside of this corporate structure, they're not white. No, they're that's not. That's just a corporate fiction. When you really want to get down to what they are, you'd have to go by the tribes and the clans and the nationalities that they deal with. That's how we dealt with everything because that's how nature, nature is very law-specific, law nature-specific. Y'all yeah, obviously right. was specific. But us, we cannot figure that out. We, have, we, we, we can't come to conclusions with it because it has to be something else in order for it to be uh, the effectual truth. So when you say it's simple and it's right in the face, you're right. It is simple. It's right in your face. It's right up a grab. Why can't we figure it out? Because we are too busy in the sky on Sirius B 
we are up uh and and please sister when I say this I mean no disrespect to you at all. We are up a woman's ass claiming that they're God. We are uh turning every man who put some words together, string a couple of big words together, we're calling him conscious. These days, these little, uh, uh, I guess you can say uh, enchantments, because that's exactly what they are, enchantments. These little enchantments, they're hindrances, because they keep you from actually accepting what's what's actually going on. I could say to you all day damn long, I'm conscious. Okay, well, who outside, well, what are you outside of what it is you claim to know? What are you? Well, I define what I am. Oh, yeah? Well, according to your ID, you're such and such and such and such and such and such. And if I, and if I read your strip with this electromagnetic thing inside this little plastic box, it's going to tell me everything I need to know about you. Right. So you aren't telling me who you are. You're on Facebook telling me that I'm Akmali, Kakfudu, Chabaz, something I don't know with a whole lot of different 12 other names. But at your job, you're like, my name is Jacob. My name is Jacob Aaron. You know, it's like learn who you are and just accept it. Look, I've accepted I'm an Israelite, and I'm not going to change that for nobody. And not because that's just what I want to be, because I understand it now. And guess what? Ever yeah. since I've done that, ever since I've done it, it my life has made sense. The world around me has made sense, and the people who come in contact with me see that it makes sense, and they treat me a certain way. They don't treat me like I'm better than them, but they know not to come at me with no foolishness because I don't come right. to you with no foolishness. I think, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, we've all had that, you know, sort of respect come to us because it's really about the laws of attraction. But going back to what you said, Octi, you're right. It, it is just so simple. I get more respect from other nationalities than I do from my own. And why do you think that is? Because we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And And the majority of us don't know who we are. And we don't know who we are. And you know what else it is, sister? They know that you know who you are, and they have no choice but to respect you. Everybody outside of you, when you tell them who you are, they look at her like, oh, my gosh, she knows. We have to respect that. I know how many times I have to tell people I'm not Jewish, <laughs> but they understand where, you know, where I'm at. But they don't, you know, it's the, I get the, okay, that's a different type of, that's a different type of nigga. That's not no nigga. Excuse my French, right. but, you know, that's not, that's not the nigga that I've been seeing. So you understand what I'm saying, and that's the, <laughs> why you get the 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 respect that you 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 would get otherwise. You know, I'm pretty sure they would look at you if you would carry yourself another different way. They'd say, "Oh, well, there's that there's that nigger woman." You understand what I'm saying? Because that's just how it is. And one thing about it, and I don't want anybody to feel like, okay, we're doing this to please other people because it's really not about them. I can give a damn less any I can give a damn less whether they accept me or not. Cause this really isn't about them. 
We figured that out. If you haven't figured that out, please figure it out. This is not about them. This is about you, uh, me, and us. Yes, sir. And the so, most high. And the most primarily this is about the most high. Let me say it that way. I should have said that from the beginning. But this is what this is about. Um and you know what I I love that you gave us that analogy about the lions and the leopards because that is that is, that is ideal for the sentiment that we have at right, this particular that, point and in you time. Know what? That's what America does. America says, Oh, we're all big cats. Let's just be big cats. Right. I know you're a leopard, I know you're a jaguar, I know you're a bobcat, yeah, I know you're a cheater, you're a lion, but we're all big cats. Yeah. This is big catdom. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to organize under this corpse, and we're just going to be big catdom. And but then that's... you wonder why people are ripping each other's heads apart, because John Stewart said this on the Bill O'Reilly show when he had mm-hmm. him on, he said, you know, and he's Jewish, which mm-hmm. I found really interesting when he was saying, he said, you know, Trump is always talking about let's make America great again, but he never talks about what makes America great. Mm. And he said, when you think about government and you think about nations historically, organically, naturally, governments and nations have been tribal. It has been a, it has been about family. This <laughs> on the bill. Oh, I'm what, telling you, y'all, did you they are do you filling know, the beans. Do you are you um? Do you know exactly which one is this? Because I need to hear that. I really I, need I to hear that. I put it on the freelance page. I'll be on your. On I'm about to go on your page right now. I'm gonna go in there and then I'm gonna uh make sure that when I get off the call, I can watch it because I want to hear that. Yeah, wow. I'm like, yo, these politicians and these polit- political commentators are spilling the beans. And because the American public has been so dumbed down, like, like you don't get anything for free. You expect to put your kids in public school and they're going to be educated? No. Right. The real education happens in private facilities. When you go to college, you've got to pay for that education to be educated specifically on a class so that you can make a real living off of it. You're not right. going to get it in the public school system. You're just not going to get it. You're going to get the basics. And this, the public is so dumb. They have been telling. He's like, you know, historically, organically, Naturally, government and nations are tribal. Mm. They're families that's joined together for the common interests of one another to form governments and nations. (laughs) But America, what makes America quote-unquote great is that they slapped that concept and said, come all, come one, come all. And we're going to have this jambalaya, this gumbo, this melting pot, supposedly. And that's what has made America great. But when you really listen to the public speeches that Trump has given, he's not giving credit to that gumbo or jambalaya. He's speaking division. Mm-hmm. Right. Because organically what America is trying to do 
does not work. And that's why there's chaos in these streets. And that's why you're seeing hate crimes rising and hate vandalism and all the rest of that stuff. Because if you ever doubted whether America was the beast that Scripture was talking about, it's like so obvious. It really is obvious. Naturally, in natural law, it, it it just does not work. All big cats don't live together, bro. Like, you got mountain lions, you got Sahara lions, you got cheetahs running through the place. They all don't just say, hey, we're all big cats and we're all the big cats are going to occupy this one land and, and we're going to get along because we're just the big cat them. No. Naturally, that just does not work. You're trying to go against nature. And everything to the public policy is showing how America specifically goes against nature, allowing men to call themselves women and dress like women and don't address me by him or he or sir. Call me they. Use your pronouns. What the hell? No, you think that's crazy. I don't mean to cut you all. A guy posted yesterday uh, about this sister. He was saying that he had to unfriend her because she made some statements. I don't know if she's like a, I think she's like a radical feminist. Actually, yeah, I think she is a radical feminist. And what a radical feminist is, is what they, we studied uh, feminism and uh, uh, social problems. And what radical feminists do is they, they, they seek to rid the organic family of the men and replace that uh, uh, in terms of uh, child production with that of artificial insemination. Wow. Yeah, that's what radical, femi- radical feminism is. But let me explain to you what he had posted about the young lady. And when I looked, I was just like, yo, like, she can't be serious. Because one of her hashtags was um, the seed comes from the woman. And I was like, huh? <laughs> if the seed came from the woman, then God would have never created a man, especially when he created you, because you were created from us, so to speak. Not that is a process that's still looking to be explained because we understand that he did create male and female. Now, the real thing needs to be explained a little bit more detail, and I think it really is obvious male and female procreated and procreated and procreated until we got down to man and woman. When we say that he pulled her from his side, basically that prophet Adam knew well enough and he understood nature well enough to say, I want to make her my consort. So she did become his wife, and she became mother of all the living, meaning she became the mother of all the enlightenment. She became the mother of all that when you're talking about uh, civilized people of the earth, she became the mother of that line of people. Now, what happened afterwards you know, we had the falling away and then, you know, creation of sin and blah, 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 blah. That's another different thing. But the sister said, uh, and by the way, I think she's a lesbian, I think, come to find out. Um, someone posted, I think she's like a, a lesbian rapper or something like that. And uh, she said, she she said that David was really a woman. 
<laughs> and yo, like, <laughs> I was sitting here like, wow. You see, and, but see, this goes back to what we were just that what you were just saying earlier. How it's so simple, but because we can't handle those simplicity, because it's too good for it. It's sim, sim, simplicity is just too good to be true when you live in a society that tells you that you can believe and think whatever you want to think. Right. You can, you can be and believe and think whatever you want to think. So if it's just too simple, it's just too good to be true. Why should I take that as it? First thing they say about the Bible is, well, that's man-made. The Constitution was man-made. What the hell are you talking about? The Magna Carta was man-made. Freaking legalizing gay marriage was man-made. Hello? Y'all freaking freaks still think it's okay, though. But, you know, it's so crazy, though, again, because this went back to what I said very earlier when I got on the when we first got on the call, and all Gavin was speaking about, uh, 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 I think he was saying something in the uh, lines of why blacks, uh, you know, still don't. Well, we, we were talking about something in the lines of why black people still, you know, haven't gotten in, you know, tune with government. Let me just say it in that way because I can't remember verbatimly what we were talking about, but I did remember speaking about black people in isolation. They they believe like they they believe that certain things in life are isolated. Like when they take the concept of uh Jesus, quote unquote Jesus, and the concept of the Bible and they create this isolation between the two is if like Jesus has nothing to do with the Bible. Even when you talk to people now, they'll say, Well, I don't need the book to tell me I need the Bible to tell me what Jesus you know, do for me because I know what Jesus has done in my life. And it's always kind of like, are we talking about the same people? Right. Because he's dead and gone. Like, what are you talking about? No, but he's alive and well. He's a spirit. And it's like, I would say so. He's dead. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> but for the that, most I part. Mean, but when you think about it, when, you, when you're interacting with these people uh-huh. that are babbling like this, everything that we're taught in the nation comes to life like these people are really mentally ill. And they do, it's like you have to give give them space as long as they're not detrimental, like physically, you know, detrimental to the people that are around them. You have to give them the time to evolve, you know, because the most high gives us time. You know, he gives us time to evolve. But evolve um, into what, though? Let me and then let me ask you why I asked this. Because you can evolve. Okay, if they give you enough, if you are, if they give you a mind state, a state of mind to work with, and, and in terms of law, we're talking about a condition. They give you a status, and you take that status, and then you evolve. But what if that status? What if the terms and conditions of that status, or the nature and the essence of that status? Is has embodied in it someone who is savage, who is uh, who is unable to reason with things that are going on in their life, and not so much as just in their lives, but how they interact with people. What do they evolve to? They evolve into something worse because they don't reason with 
what they are, you know, given. They they haven't reasoned with it yet. One of the things that you learn in law, Pre said this when I first got in the nation, maybe mention this to you guys again, is one of the things that they do, especially when they classify you as an idiot, I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but idiots are the law term. One thing that they do and they say about idiots is that when you are not able to reason, you are not able to contract. They've right. already determined that when you, when, when I say reason, you lack the capacity to think. You lack the, the, the will to, 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 to allow yourself to think. You're not able to contract. So you have to have a guardian over you until you are sound in the head. Yes, sir. So they look at you, they look at you already as a threat. They, they look at you as a madman. You are in the status of a madman. And I also said this to somebody the other day. So-called black people are upset that, you know, you know, they forced this white Jesus on you or on, on, on us as a community, so to speak. But then I'm, when I sat back and I thought about it, I was just like, well, they gave you exactly what you wanted because you didn't want to worship the laws you had before. So when they right. put you under subjection, for obviously as a punishment, when they put you under subjection under their jurisdiction, they gave you something that would be befitting to what you were already doing. You were already breaking the law. You were already considered a sinner. And you were already considered an idolater. They said, well, you, you know what, I'm going to help you out. You were, all, you were already worshiping false gods. Right. So you were already I'm, doing it. They didn't you were already you- doing it. So I'll give you what you want. I gave they gave them something that they could see. Since they wanted something they could see, they had no they had problems worshiping something that they couldn't see. So they kept making idols. They kept doing it. Now you got what you wanted, but it just so happens that the idol don't look like you. So now you had a problem with it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They gave you what you wanted, and you still ain't happy. So in my and, mind, and you're still I, creating false idols. Exactly. Now you've made, you're doing the same you've made yourself into a god. Now you're a god. God, you know, God and God is... And, oh, and, 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 well, it's not enough for them themselves to be a god. Is now they created gods out of each other. Like, it was, first I'm God, not, no, this person is God. No, that person is God. You can't tell me that that's not God. And I'm sitting there like, in the hell, like you have got to be kidding me, and you can only just sit back and just kind of just watch it all play out. First and foremost, I want to see what I, you know, not that I would like to see is I want to see what is going to transpire when this reality is taken away from the so-called black community about their understanding of the church, their understanding of Jesus, their understanding of the Bible, their understanding of themselves. When all that is taken away from them, you know, like they say, you don't ever wake up a sleepwalker. (laughs) He may be dangerous. (laughs) They say you're never supposed to wake up a sleepwalker out of sleep. He may be extremely dangerous. What is going to happen when you wake these people up out their sleep? They're sleepwalking. What do you do? What is it going to be like when you wake these sleepwalkers up out of their sleep? When you take everything away from them, 
You wake them up. Hey, wake up. You're going to get one angry. Oh, yeah. It's going to be really (laughs) ugly. And they already forced into this melting pot theory. I said theory. They already forced into this melting pot theory. But guess who working? Guess who that doesn't work for? That don't work for politicians. That melting pot theory doesn't work for politicians. It works for the goal that they're trying to achieve, just like democracy works for the goal that they're trying to achieve, just like one world government works for the the goal that they're trying to achieve. But you don't see them doing that amongst themselves as politicians. You only see Romans implementing everything to the objective, but not to themselves. Why? Because they understand government. I'm not saying it's evil. I'm not saying it's not evil. I'm saying that they have an objective, and they're sticking to it because it works. For now. For now, it works. But slowly but surely, the table is starting to fall from underneath the table. They can only it can only work for so long. Folks are starting to wake up. There's a descent, there's a there's an understanding who's a lion and who's a leopard. There's an understanding. There's now starting to be a correlation between the man who's known as the Christ and the Bible, or what the Bible actually is. A lot of people still haven't really figured out what the Bible actually is. They call it the history, but what's going on? What what is what right. is actually going on? Do you do you know what's going on in the book? You translating it, translating it. I'm getting these five hundred different Hebrew English lexicons, and I'm gonna translate the hell out of the book. Do you know what's going on? All you have to do is read it. It's telling you what's going on. I don't need to read it in Hebrew to know what's going on. The same thing that's going on in them pages is the same thing that's going on right now. But you, you know why like, they haven't gotten it? They haven't figured it out yet. All they got to do is read it. You Look, you can't pay a person to read the Bible, even the Hebrews. The ones who profess in the Hebrews, they cannot, they haven't sat down and read the book. They're reading Hebrew dictionaries and trying to translate it and translate it and translate it, think that that's really helping them. It may help to a certain degree. You still haven't figured out what's going on. Well, see, this scripture telling you this and this scripture telling you that. Now what? Now what? If we continue to keep doing this shit, and you know what's so crazy? I saw this. I saw this last year when I was reading about the history of Palestine, or Judea to be exact, because I was trying to figure out how did Titus do to go in and rid the Israelites, the ones that were still left in that land, how did he do to rid them? How did Judea become a client state? What I mean client state is, in so many terms, how many? In so many words, because I don't necessarily know if Judea had become bankrupt 
they had to become bankrupt in order for them to become Palestine. Because remember, they were Judea, then their names were changed to Palestine. I know this is, you know, I know we all should know this by now. First it was Judah, then it was Judea, then it became Palestine. But we all know now that only way that you can change a name to a property is if you have the deed of title to the property. So there had to be some type of bankruptcy going on. The land had to be bankrupt. Politicians had to be bankrupt. They were kicked out. But what was going on at the time, there was a lot of infighting between Pharisees and the people, mm. the gangs and the gangs and the people. And then there was the people who were trying to get out because they knew what time it was. They knew what was coming. I believe those people who got out were the ones who spilled over into Europe and started different uh, different uh, franchises or different families. That may not necessarily be the case, but I know they weren't smart. They weren't, you know, stupid enough to stay while the people in Israel or Palestine at this particular time, or Judea at this particular time, were being evicted. Because that's exactly what happens when they were being evicted. They were being kicked out of their estate. The lions were being kicked out of their estate by the leopards. They just so happened to get in control of this estate. Here, once again, the sisters say that we live in the lion's den. Now it's become the leopard's den. Now we don't know whether we got spots or not. Or we, now we're, no, we've gotten to a point where we think we have to have spots. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We think that we have to have spots. And it's like, no, you don't have to have spots. They have to have spots because that's who they are. That's how they are to be identified. But we are lions. Lions don't have spots. But why do you think you need spots? How's that going to make you a better lion? Is that going to make you a better lion? Nope. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, we when we assess what what you got me, you got my mind jogging tonight, sister, because I didn't think about it this way. So now I'm sitting here trying to <laughs> fit all this into what we were already talking about because this is great that you brought it to our attention. Now we have to figure out. How we, you know, well, not so much as figure out, well, let me say it this way. How do we figure out as a whole? Because I think most of us here, we've gotten in the process of, okay, we know that we're lions now. We're not, we know that we don't have to be lepers and we know that we are not lepers. We know that we won't ever be lepers because nature didn't design us to be that way. So we have to be lions and we have to create our own pride. What does that? What does it take to create your own pride? Got to learn how to govern your own pack. Where's the laws to protect our pack? It's already in you, and it's already been preserved in a book too. Yeah, I, you know, seen people. Oh man, in the last couple of days, I've seen people really coming after this book. I've seen a guy. Uh, he. He he said some really interesting things because, oh, well, first and foremost, 
I don't know if anybody's been, you know, uh, caught up about the, the situation that happened with Kim Burrell. Is anybody familiar with that? No. I've been off the grid. You know, oh, okay. So apparently, anybody, does anybody even know who Kim Burrell is? That's not the chick from Living Single or from... Uh, uh, different world or something like that is that? No, ma'am. No, she she's a she's a gospel singer, and oh. um, yeah, she's a gospel <laughs> singer, and um, she uh, she's a very I, I I I from her disposition, I believe she's a very uh, I think she's a very sweet lady. I think in her I think her intentions are good. I think that, you know, when we live in the society that we live in, I think that her intentions had been misunderstood. Let me just say it that way. I think what her her message was was misunderstood because we live in a society now that has become a little bit more, uh, um, uh, I guess you could say, LGBT-friendly. And so... She made a comment in her church a couple of weeks ago. Um, she made a statement. She was speaking about the state of the Christian church and homosexuals. And she was saying that if, you know, you are calling yourself a Christian and you think, basically she was saying if you call yourself a Christian and you think that you can come into a Christian church, and still practice homosexuality, you are going to die in 2017. Mm. So now, I, you know, a lot of people felt like that was very strong for her to say. Obviously, it got a lot of media attention. And what made matters worse is she was supposed to go on the Ellen DeGeneres show. One man busts out and said the Ellen Ellen Degenerate, but then he retracted and said, "Excuse me, the Ellen 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 Degenerate show." And she's supposed to go on the show and I guess promote a CD. She's supposed to come out with a musical album. She's supposed to come out, but then the Ellen Degenerate show. I don't, and and I think a lot of people misunderstand when you say the show. When you say, well, Ellen DeGeneres told her that she couldn't come on the show. No, it wasn't Ellen DeGeneres that told her she couldn't come on the show. It was the people be, the people with the money behind the show that told Ellen to tell her that she couldn't come on the show. Because I believe that Ellen probably would have allowed her to come on the show and talk it out. She had no problem letting Hillary come on the show. And Hillary has been responsible for a whole lot of different things regarding, you know, uh, uh, I guess you can say the Benghazi and all kinds of different things. But Kimberrell had basically spoke out and said some things that a lot of people were not, you know, uh, too cool with. And a lot of the backlash came from the, you guessed it, the LGBT community. And, you know, they were just like, oh, you know, don't kind of don't try to backtrack because, you know, you said what you said. And you ain't all that good of a gospel singer anyway. Nobody likes you, this, that, and the other. And I realized at that moment that those homosexuals can be so cool. The LGBT community are hypocrites. 
and they can be really cool when you don't agree what it is that they, you know, they do. Um, but she didn't. She stood her ground and she said, I'm not going to retract. I made those statements out of love. Uh, of course, she said something about, uh, what's the guy's name, Eddie Long? Yo, I don't know what, what's going on with Eddie Long. But that brother ain't no the number two pencil, okay? Um, but she made a statement about him, and it wasn't it wasn't her saying it. She was saying that people have been saying that he'd been fixed from AIDS because Eddie Long used to be kind of a stocky brother, but this dude is, like, no bigger than my pinky finger. He's just as right. long. Last time I heard, I think, you know, he's in the hospital for stage four cancer. But I don't know. I don't care because I don't know him, and I don't want to know. But for the most part, she made some statements. There was a video that was up, and a guy, he commented, a woman made a comment on it. And there was another guy, I, I guess he just so happens to be, you know, LGBT or just a troll. And he was saying that the scriptures doesn't, uh, talk about home, the, well, Levitic, the, the law dealing with Leviticus talking about mission like what meant, it doesn't have anything to do with homosexuals because the law was forbidding heterosexual men uh, raping or committing fornication or idolatry with women. And I had to explain to him that, yes, it does. I say because what you have to understand what the law does is that it doesn't it not only uh res- regulates and restricts the action it regulates and restricts the intent behind the action cuz as a man thinketh so is he right okay like they say if like what the Christ said if you even so much as think in your mind about you know having another man's life you've already broken the commandments remember if you think in yep. your mind if you thought if you had that thought then you already committed the sin so you know and they, and they, you can read this in the law dictionary they'll tell you about when you when you read the definitions about intent they will let you know in the maxims of the law that intent is also and is is just as you know punishable as the act, because the in, the the intention behind the act or just the intent of doing the act makes you the criminal. You're already in the criminal mindset, and so I had to explain to him that is the end of the law itself is to not own. I told him I said it heals, you know, any kind of condition. The law heals any kind of condition, because if you can't commit the act anymore. You're no longer confined to that mind state anymore. That's why, you know, they, they, I guess you can say, put criminals like murderers and rapists in jail. I guess eventually when they get out and they, you know, haven't really sat down and talk about why they do it as opposed to just getting locked up from, you know, periods and periods of time, that's just prolonging them from doing it. I guess they say eventually you know, the longer we have them, you know, kept inside of a cage, they won't do it. They won't have the desire to do it. But if you're not getting it will, like, will repent from the the thought process. Right. To know that this is not okay. 
Right. That's why you, you need to go sit down somewhere. Who you, I think that was Brother Maccabeus was always saying that you need to go take a seat somewhere and sit down for like five to ten. And <laughs> together, you know, so hopefully you become repentant in your mind and you don't repeat those same actions that landed you in that situation. Right. But it was, but it's not just enough to have a person sit down for long periods of time without them understanding and actually talking about why they actually did it in the first place. Because they don't understand why they do certain things. The chance of them going out there and then do it again is pretty much, you know, pretty much high. It's, it's really high for them to go out there and do it if they don't understand why they did it. See, the law itself is going to, you know, stop them from doing it. But if you have the law being, you know, implemented against them to tell them, hey, well, this is why you're being convicted, and then you sit down and talk. So, you know, there was this law, there was this talk about, oh, well, if we have a program put in the place to actually uh, get the criminals to uh, give them therapy, you know, where they can talk about why they do certain things so they can understand why they shouldn't do it, then maybe that would curve this rate of recidivism that they see in prison population or the prison uh, uh, industry, this high rate of recidivism where people are more liable to or more uh, prone to committing the same acts over and over and over again because they don't get the therapy that they need. And so that's what's going on. And that's what I tried to tell the guy about when, you know, the whole homosexual, you know, situation. You know, the law itself, it ends or it pretty much puts a stop to the intent because if you can't do the act anymore, then you're no longer going to be, you You don't feel obligated to stay in that mindset anymore. He kept telling me, well, I didn't, I didn't read the context. The, you know, the context has nothing to do with homosexuals. It's still talking about heterosexuals. And I was thinking in my mind, technically you are heterosexual. You just so happen to think that you need to be with a man in order to be sexually satisfied. But that's between you and your own mind. Of course, at the end of the day, and I tried to explain to him, and, you know, I didn't want to just come out right and say, well, the end of the law is death for certain people. Because, you know, a lot of people will see that as a threat, and they'll be like, ha, I laugh at you because you're just threatening me. And it's like, no, really, it's really not a threat. That it's a warning. It's a warning, you know. And, that's, and, and you can read this in the Bible. It will tell you, you know, for those who are doing the thing, let them keep doing them. If you can't, you know, if they're not willing to, you know, change their mind or willing to accept change, let them continue in their, you know, foolishness because the wages of sin is death. Some people, you know, have to, you know, that is one of the ways to get rid of the quote-unquote plague. You, they have to die off. You know, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's anybody who plans to execute the law's intention necessarily to just be walking around killing people, but when you are running a government and you're trying to have a particular type of mindset or a particular type of cohesiveness in regards to the law that you're implementing, you want to, you know, make sure that the people understand that, hey, you're either going to, you know, bow down or lay down or get put down, especially if you don't want to comply. And I'm not, you know, to say that we may have to face that, yeah, we, that's, the chances are inevitable. No, inevitable. I'm sorry. Inevitable. 
because I don't, you know, know any revolution that has not been bloody. But it doesn't have to be. I think we've gotten far enough in commerce to realize that you can have a bloodless revolution. That's why they got pen and paper now. You can you can kill a person on pen and paper, really. <laughs> they argue on pen and paper. They got to add, add what they call administrative processing. That's arguing on paper. That's your trial by paper, so to speak. So commerce has gotten, you know, gotten a little bit more civil, so you don't have to necessarily kill anybody physically. And I'm not saying that, you know, we may or may not have to do it, but it is inevitable in order for you to have a more cohesive government, you know. But lo and behold, we have lions who think they're, you know, leopards, and they think that we're isolated from truth. The reality is we're lions. <laughs> we got to do something about being the lion. Otherwise, we're going to be walking around here thinking that we got spots and we don't have spots. Or wanting to alter ourselves to have spots. Or that too. Instead of just loving, you know, instead of just loving who you are and what God made you. And that's what you see running around here. So many people just not loving themselves and doing all these different things to their person, to their body, just to become something that they think is a better self than they are. I had to rationalize this kind of thought process when I looked at, um, when I looked at people who go through this, uh, what they call gender dysphoria, they, they don't even have to become like transsexuals in order for them to, you know, quote unquote, go through gender dysphoria. It can be the, I guess you can say just the ideal they have about gender and how they dress and how they carry themselves, the mannerism. So when, you know, when you're looking at a body as it relates to law, your body is a trust. And you're looking at that trust, we know that that trust was granted to you by the most high. Even the will was granted to you by the most high. You just so happen that, you know, your mind just your or your brain or your mind just so happen to be the trustee. But the trustee can't tell the grantor, I don't want to fulfill my obligation just because the will is, you know, too strict. It don't work that way. Now you make you can make amendments but they have to be in they have to be in harmony with the already established uh, law. I mean, a will is the law; it's just not the fruition of the law until the person dies. You know. So when I look at these people who are thinking that, oh well, I can alter myself so I can be happy, is like. Well, you're doing a disservice to yourself because your, the body that you have will never be able to complement what it is that you want to do. It's just not made that way. <laughs> you would never be people who call themselves, I guess you say, transsexual. Their body will never be able to 
complement what it is that they what they hope to achieve in 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 their own alternate reality because their bodies weren't made this way. Over time, all that stuff is going to cause complications, whatever mutilations they've done to their body. And not even people who are transsexual, but people who, you know, go and get tattoos and people who go and get butt shots and butt implants and do all these different, you know, things to their body, eating unhealthy. Your body, will you're going to pay it back. I'm learning that. You are going to pay it back. Because the law that is written for your body is very specific. The most I wanted you to have what he wanted you to have. If that was the case, you would be what you you'd be what you wanted to be if you were your own God. That means you'd have to go and you'd have to create your own body. You had to create your own constitution and you'd have to put all that together if you understand how the skin is formed, how the bones have been placed together, why they place themselves together that way. How does the eyeball work? How does the tongue work? How do you make a tongue? How do you make the muscles? How are they pulled together? How do you make blood? How do you pull it, you know, how does that pull itself together? And stem cell research isn't going to teach you how to do that because all they did was take a, a you know, small portion of the organism and make it grow inside of a lab. That doesn't teach you how the cell works. Right. They're just duplicating something that's already in exist in existence. That's a duplication of something that's already. So they're 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 duplicating what God already gave them. They didn't create anything. They will make you think they did it, but they didn't. There's nothing new under the sun. They are only emulators of nature. We are only imitators of nature. We can only imitate what we see. So they didn't do anything new, and they'll try to convince you of that by making you think that, oh, well, science tells you this, and science tells you that. Science don't tell you nothing on the under. Science only tells you the theory of how something works. Because all science is is the knowledge of something. It could be knowledge that they have or understanding that they have about the way that the world works, but you want to leave God out of it. Okay, well, then that's just not science. That's just really theory because we all know that God is God or what we perceive to be God or what God actually is, and we understand that nature is God now. Nature and natural law together in cohesion is God. That is God, not science. Which means... Look at me preaching to the choir. I'm sorry. I don't want to no. be long with it. No, no, I'm just saying I'm that, sorry. which means that you are him too. Right. God is in you and all around you. You can't, you can't separate yourself from him. Nope. It's impossible because... That's that's where death comes in. Right, right. I agree. I agree because the most definitely, even Paul was making mention of it. Um, that 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 uh, like the law of the law of the spirit is within us. Mhm. And and um, we are created in His likeness. So when it comes to righteousness, sake, that spirit. That is within us, 
Um, our soul yearns to be a path into the divine spirit of the Most High, day in, day out. But we continuously allow ourselves to be distracted by the carnal things, the things of that essentially lead to this death, that have no value in it. And when you read like certain scripts like, oh, I'd rather obedience and sacrifice, like scripts like that, you can just show that Ascetam is ready to be mm-hmm. what the law was supposed to do, but to show you an example of the perfection once you continue, the more you did it, wholeheartedly, sincerely, in, in, in one sink of mind, body, and soul, then that would reveal essential purpose within, from within. But that, that didn't come about because we just, you know, many times we got high hearty, we got pride, pride came in the way, and pride is a variety of very, very, very dangerous things. Um, like, ego is a very, very dangerous thing. And, uh, you know, like, I was having some complications understanding, like, what Paul was saying when he said every time I did something according to the law. Every time I um, every time I did something according to the spirit of the law that brought me closer to the law of sin of death. Um, excuse me. Every time I did something according to the spirit of the law that, what, that left opportunity for the law of sin and death. That made opportunity for the law of sin and death. Um a lot of times I was, I was having complications kind of understanding that. Um, but then after, like, it kind of it kind of hit me, like, the more you, the more the more things you do for righteousness' sake, the more you'll be tested. The more you'll be tested. And, um, and I always viewed it like. Uh, I think I'm going to get there because I, I understand what I said just saying he ain't trying to keep it quiet, but yeah, I'm going to get right there. Yes, sir. Um, wow, uh, we covered so much in the last couple of hours. Let me, well, first before I say anything, is there anybody uh, else that is on the line that came in? Um, it's it's not it's thirty three minutes after the hour. I just want to make sure that everyone has a chance to you know put their two cents in, uh, not two cents. And I apologize. Uh, want to give their thoughts and um, um, share give their insight on anything in particular. Okay. Yeah, it is. I you know. We live in a very uh, interesting time where, you know, they're trying to create this universe of uh, I'd like to say robots. <laughs> Everyone is a robot, so to speak. 
um, because no one seems to, you know, see or at least question or think about what's actually going on around them. They say because we have these privileges or they think they have these privileges, they're saying, oh, well, if we have these privileges or they're not saying anything as of yet, then, you know, it must be right to do. And it's like, no. It may well, it may be you they maybe give you the right to do it. Or let me not say right to do it, they give you the privilege to do it, which is not necessarily a right. It's more like a granting of a license to do something, granting a permission to do something you know you shouldn't be doing. But because they're not saying anything, you know, you can do it. Um but again I realized that I realized after a while that a lot of the things that they're doing is even for a bigger agenda. Because there's a lot of things that's being put in the work, you know, going put into work and happening behind the scenes that is going to be bad for a lot of people. And I see a lot of it going to come, you know, from a, a lot of these quote unquote uh uh people who are out there doing all this crazy stuff that they're doing. They're going to be the ones filling up these prisons. It's more like now they're getting them a little bit more organized with the crime. They're getting the citizens more organized with committing the crime. They're putting them on record and letting them know, hey, yeah, put yourself on record. And then you can you can do whatever you want to do. And then there's a law come out the day of tomorrow that says, well, we want to get rid of this, we want to get rid of that, we want to ban you from doing this and ban you from doing that. Now you can put all those, or it's against the law to do this, and if anyone does do this and we catch you, now we can. We have prisons that we've been waiting to put you guys and we can put you in there. And then whatever, you know, system they had with the whole private prison industry, they can, that can go into full effect. But however, I don't know how long that will last because they're already trying to get rid of the private prison sector uh, uh, um uh, situation. I don't know how they're going to do it because the whole private prison industry is private. It's owned by Wall Street. But aren't, by Wall cities Street. And, aren't cities and municipalities prisons without bars anywhere? They are prisons without bars. I think that there's, but I think they have a certain amount of, reg, there's a there's a certain amount of regulation between them itself, the municipalities, and the reg and a certain amount of regulation between the uh, private prison, you know, industry. They, you know, they're a bunch of out the, the you know the municipalities and the uh, federal government are outsourcing, you know, the job of keeping uh, prisoners to these private prison agencies or these, quote-unquote, Wall Street giants. Now they're saying, oh, we're gonna get, we got to get rid of uh, uh, private prisons because they're the ones that's really reaping the benefits. That may be so, but all of this money really is going back into the system itself. Everybody's benefiting from it because you have people who are betting, you know, placing bets with the uh, private prison industry. They buy stocks in it. 
Maybe I start one in the prison. So you're going to have a whole lot of politicians who got rich off the private prison industry who are not going to get rid of the private prison industry, especially because they're all down with that Wall Street uh, machine. They're not getting rid of that no time soon. In fact, I think they're probably propping up the – in fact, it would appear to be, let me say it that way, that in the near future that the way that they're getting the government to go at this particular time with the people running around here, you know, all nonchalant, no direction, they're going to be putting these folks in prison right the dang on left. They want it. It seems like that's what is like that's what this is getting geared towards. Cause I honestly can't see why all of the stuff that they're go that's going on right now is you know why it should be happening. Not to say that it it is you know. It's not going to happen because I believe it is very so much divinely orchestrated. But, you know, people walking around here not really knowing who they are anymore. You got a woman yesterday online, some mission be calling women females. What? It ain't my words, it was her words. Make call a woman what? They she, she the woman said, "Yeah, men think that they are slick by calling women female. Huh? They shouldn't be calling women female." Oh. And so the guy was like, "Well, what are we supposed to call you?" You know, and so that was like, "Yo, this is yo. We are really in the middle of." The tribulation. We are right in the middle where people are really like, there's so much going on. It's so much going on with our government. It's so much going on with our people and our community in general that we wouldn't even know where to start to to begin to fix it. But we know what it. What we know where to go to the source. And that would be one of the ways to fix it. But man, oh man, when I said I read some stuff yesterday, and I seen some, of it, and there's a lot of sisters that were, you know, the sisters that are coming out and saying these things. It's like, yo, I don't know who y'all been sitting down talking to, but this has got to be the work of the government and sending out these agents to go out here online and pay them to get out there and write all kinds of stuff. I can't I know that you don't believe that. You can't believe it. You've been living on this earth for so many years. You're a man, you have no breast, you have a chest, you have your equipment that the most high gave you. And if you're a woman you have breasts and you have your equipment that the most high, you know, gave you. You've been functioning with it for as long as you can remember. And it has been, you know, obviously working for you now, you know, working for you then. Now, all of a sudden, you are so unsure about it in this particular point in time. You are now you're now you're unsure about it. Now you're unsure about what the vagina is used for. Now you're unsure (laughs) what penis is uh, not what the penis is used for. 
you're unsure what the female body is supposed to be used for. You're unsure what the male body is supposed to be used for. Now you're unsure about that. And mind you, we never had this problem in the 50s and the 60s and the 40s and the 30s. We were too right. busy trying to figure out how to get civil rights. Now we're too big. Now we're trying to figure out how to, you know, live these alternative lifestyles because we so somehow let these leopards program us into thinking that, well, this isn't how it is. So now we're going to give the now we're going to put a gender neutral bathroom in the men and women's bathroom. Like that is absolutely insane. When did you just ask him to be raped? If you're a woman going in a man's bathroom, you just ask him to be sexually assaulted. You know what? Listen, listen to this. Tell me what you think about this, Octi and brothers. My mom was telling me said that the other day she was watching. Uh, I think it was Judge, not Judge, Judge, not Judge Mathis. And she said it was the four women. There was four women that was in the courtroom. She said, but you can tell that they were lesbians. But they all came in. They were, you know, they try to look like women. Which I understand what she means by they try to look like women, even though they were women. But she knew that they were lesbians, and said that the judge was just looking at them. And she said the first thing that came to her mind was, you guys are trying to pretend to be something you're not. Now, you get out in the street and you will uh, say, oh, well, I'm this, that, and the other. But as soon as you get in the courtroom, you know how to play your role. You understand what I'm saying? You know how to play your role as in who you were divinely you are. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to say I don't understand how they know to switch up that quick. I say, Mama, because they understand who to play with and who not to play with. See, this is a game for them. This is a game for a lot of people who are, you know, creating these realities for them. And it's not just what – it's not just the LGBT community. It's a lot of these conscious community brothers. It's a lot of these so-called uh, uh, atheists. It's a lot of these so-called religious uh, fascists and uh, fanaticists. They know who to play with and who not to play with, and they know where to go at with it. They know how far to go with what it is that they believe believe in. Because they know that at the end of the day, the law is the one thing that it can make you or break you. It can make you or break you. So they know who not to – I give you a perfect example. Like I told my mom, I said, when a person who is, quote, unquote, trying to live in a alternative lifestyle, when they go get locked up, especially if they're transsexual, first thing that transsexual – if you're a transsexual male, first thing they do is put you in the male dorm. If you are a woman who's trying to be a man, First thing that female may do is say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, don't put me in that male uh, dorm." They may try to rape me. Right. You see what I'm saying? So she know in her mind that's when I'm supposed to become a woman. Cause I'm locked up around a whole bunch of men, but on the street you was trying to be a man. Mm. So you know how far your game goes, cause you know who has the right to enforce the law against you and who don't. 
That is what all this is about. Who has the right to enforce? Who doesn't have the right to enforce? Who has the right to enforce this law? Who has the right to enforce that law? Somewhere in between, the medium is exposed. The medium being how far your reality has gotten you. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, if the laws was to be put in effect the day or tomorrow, if the 613 law statutes and commandment was put into effect the day or tomorrow, and they and there was a uh, inquisition, mm-hmm. if there was an inquisition put out today or tomorrow to figure out who was at this particular time, you don't really need to you know go around like how they used to do in the old days and you know antiquity. Have to go around on horseback and figure out who was a heretic and who's not. Because, hell, you got social media now. Yeah, social yeah, media, and then you have public records. So it's really all in the open. All you got to do is go on social media and look up everybody's account. You can find out what you need to know. So that cuts out most of the work of the Inquisition. I bet you if you was to round everybody up right now, according to this Inquisition, and you would try them under some type of ordeal, they sense a kickback then. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I know why. I'm a child of God. They will, they reality will, it will kick back in. You know how I know? I saw this the other day. A boy was about to get his behind, tore by his mama, because you want to show out in class. That boy busts out of the his mama say, get here right now. I'm sorry, mama. It's not my fault. God didn't make me that smart. He was like, God, please. He was like, mama, I'm about to pray. Mama, I'm praying. See, God has blessed me now. Mama, his mama say, boy, if you don't get your behind over here right now and you're running from me, you going? I'm going, now. You getting a double whooping? See, the mama didn't buy into that that lie that he was trying to feed her. He was just trying to get out of that butt with her. But see, that's how the law works. When you try to implement it against somebody who think they got it all figured out, then when you really go to enforce it against them, that's when they straighten up because they realize now, oh snap, this is the real deal. So. Like now, I just look at it, I'm just kind of like, I ain't too, you know, worried or I'm not too, you know, upset or too shook up about what's going on around me because it's like it's only going to happen at the right time. And you're going to really see how these people snap out of it. I've, I've seen it before. I've seen this happen with a schizophrenic person. About to get up. You was walking around there with a knife out to stab your 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 boyfriend. You saw the ambulance, and when you saw the ambulance, you knew that they were getting ready to take you to the hospital and admit you to the hospital. You threw it. You ran around the corner. You threw the knife and shoved it inside of the toaster. You went around the front yard, and as soon as you saw the cops coming towards you with the handcuffs, you said, "My name is such and such and such, and I live such and such and such, and I'm such and such and such." But before then. You were Shiva the Black Widow's father. Mm. 
So it's a mind thing. Now, whether they want to accept that, that's on them. But you can pull them out of that mindset. As I tried to tell the guy, the law is the cure for all kinds of state of mind because if they restrict and regulate the actions that you cannot do, you will not no longer feel obligated to state that state of mind because you can't do it. You can't do what you want to do under that state of mind anymore. Your actions are restricted. Anyway, anybody else have anything else that they want to talk about? Uh, the floor is open. Um, I don't want to, you know, you know, talk, you know, be, you know, running my mouth all night. I'm sorry if I, you know, am long with it, but I needed to get that out. I, mean, I haven't talked to you guys in a long while, so um, or heard from you guys in, you know, the last couple of mo- uh, weeks. So I feel like, dang, I miss you guys, and I just want to, you know, get my thoughts out because I hadn't been mm-hmm. able to see you guys for, like, the last couple of weeks on fellowship. Uh, and that was due to my schedule, but... The floor is open. If anybody has anything else that they want to talk about, please feel free to do so. Just state your name for on the record. Okay. Um, I do want to keep in mind that the time now is 51 minutes after 9. Um, you know, I, I don't want to hold anybody here any longer than we, you know, want to be if anybody you know wants to go there that's fine um i could in i i will end it at 10 o'clock because i know everybody has you know to get ready for bed or to ready for work tomorrow or whatever um any closing you know statements anything anybody want to say regarding I will. I'll make a statement. Uh, we should be starting classes back next week. One brother told me, he asked me if it was on the 18th, but I, you know, told him it might be on the 16th because there's always, we always start at the beginning of the week. So it may be on the 16th. Um, for those of you who aren't sure, please just check back and forth in the university for updates. But if you, you know, still aren't sure, just call the line. Anyway, so that you, you know, don't miss any classes. If you feel like you're going to miss a class, please just call into the, the line. Uh, for those who uh, have class on Monday, call until you see the thought. Those who have class on Tuesday, please call, you know, into the 302-303 class. Those who have classes on Wednesday, please call into the nucleus class and so on and so forth. So I just want to make that announcement. Um yeah, I just want to make that announcement. Oh, and for those who uh, had any questions regarding the fire sticks, um, Priest did put some information in the uh, my course section about the um, gel, the gel bait or gel something. I forgot what he called them. The gel something, you know, fire sticks. You know, he he had kind of like a caveat up there. Um, you know, I don't know what everybody's current situation is with dudes, but just make sure you guys are reading that uh, so that, you know, you can understand the terms and conditions of, you know, getting the fire stick. I ordered one myself. Um, but other than that, uh, there should be some guidelines for what the, you know, fire sticks actually do or does. Um 
And in the event that you got, if that wasn't, you know, as satisfying or fulfilling, uh, I did post uh, in WhatsApp that, because I think it was Brother Andrew who asked the question about, you know, the fire stick. Um, and I and I responded to you by saying, you know, you might need to get in touch with Art Lint because um, he's the one who kind of brought it to our attention about the fire stick, and he's pretty computer savvy, by the way. Uh, I think you anything you need to know about computers in, in regards to this nation, contact that brother. He'll tell you what to do and how to do it, and, you know, he'll walk you through it. So um, I think the first place to, you know, try to get in contact with him is on WhatsApp um, because I know his, he runs a really tight schedule. I don't know exactly what he, you know, is doing in the course of his day. So just, you know, uh, Proceed with a email uh, before you decide to call if you can, but proceed with an email so that, you know, you can give them some time to reach out to you afterwards, uh, uh, receive, you know, a response from you. And then on that note, if no one else has anything else to uh, add, I ask one more time, if anyone has anything else they want to say, please feel free to speak. Okay, no, no closing arguments at this particular or closing statements at this particular time. It is 55 minutes after nine, uh, uh, 55 minutes after eight uh, central time. We will adjourn this uh, session, and we will meet back here next Thursday for fellowships uh, at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, six o'clock p.m. Central. Um, it was good hearing from you guys, and I hope to see you guys next week. I hope to be here next week. Shalom, shalom. I love you. Mm-hmm. Shalom.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.